thrilled to be here. Thank you for joining me every Sunday morning at 11 here on 88.7 FM WLUW. Got an hour uninterrupted of your favorite small town kid. Go to the Loyola Phoenix, Nick Schultz. I know Sister Gene pretty well. I think he's the sports editor there. He is. He's a sports editor. Great. Yeah. Sports good, columnist, sports writer. And, uh, and there's a, there's... I'd be lying if I said I wasn't watching baseball in class. Nick Schultz, who is a, a rising star in this profession. Our guy, Nick Schultz, covers Loyola for the student newspaper there, the Loyola Phoenix. I have to keep pinching myself <laughs> and asking if this is real. I cannot believe this is happening. I'm a poor, starving college student, so I would say I was physically here, but I wouldn't say I was mentally here. If you missed it, this is a post-game live from yours truly. I'm Nick Schultz from WLUW Radio and the Off the Inbound College Basketball blog from my garage studio in Dwight, Illinois. Really glad you guys can be here with me. Again, Loyola just lost to Wisconsin. Final score, 77-63 at the Kohl Center in Madison. And like I said, we're waiting on a couple, probably a couple people to join here. We got six on. Uh, unless we want to get going, feel free to comment throughout this. I would like to get some participation in here. This is why I'm doing this for you, because I want I want you, Loyola Nation, to respond to this game, because I thought it was a pretty good game. Uh, Loyola at halftime looked like they were going to make a run, and in the second half, Wisconsin came out firing, and they went on a 19-3 run at one point. And Loyola just couldn't keep up. And like I said, final score, 77-63 at the Cole Center. I do want to run through my keys to the game. I put out a couple at the beginning of the game, and we can revisit those right now. Obviously, the big one's pace and space. Porter Moser's offense is pace and space. And what I mean by that is he usually would run it at a fast pace and get the three ball. And the three ball was not really falling tonight. Uh, Loyola ended up going nine for 26 from downtown. And that was what needed to happen. I tweeted before the game. The big thing for Loyola was the threes needed to fall. The free throws needed to fall. And they went 12 for 17. They left five points on the board. Didn't really matter in the grand scheme. But the three-pointers were the big thing. The threes needed to fall or Cameron Crutwig needed to do Cam Crutwig things. And he did. 19.7 of 13 shooting. That's what we expect from the big guy. And I thought he looked good. Micah Potter shut him down. And I thought that matchup was crazy. I mean, Crutwig had a really... He had a, he had a good job on uh, Nate Reavers. I thought that matchup was favorable to Cameron Crutwig. And Reavers had 8 points. And like I said, Crutwig had 19. I feel like Micah Potter kind of shut him down a little bit. And when... I mean, the final stat line for Micah, obviously, 13.7 rebounds. And he went 3 of 6 shooting... All three of his field goals came from three-point territory, which says something about his game tonight. And every time he got behind the three-point line, I kept saying, don't let him shoot, and he did. There's a reason he's the team's leading scorer. Granted, I think it's somewhere around 12.8 points per game. That's not indicative of how Wisconsin's offense is. And don't go based on the big numbers. They play a lot of guys, and a lot of guys contribute. And that's exactly what happened today. They had two guys with 17 points. Uh, Demetric Trice. Demetric, Demetric. 
and Brad Davison both had 17 points and Potter had 13. I did see a comment from uh, Steve Timble talking about the defense. Yep, uh, it was a defensive battle in the first half, I thought, and the offense needed to show up in the second half, and it didn't really, at least for Loyola. Wisconsin came out on fire, as I said. Uh, who we got? Rambi Cybox says, love to see Williamson step up in this game. I did too. I thought Lucas looked good on both sides of the ball. His defense is usually reliable, but he had 15 points and five rebounds to go with that. A little bit of foul trouble for Loyola. I'm really, I'm going to be honest, I'm not going to say much about the refs. I'm not really one to criticize the stripes. I know there were a lot of whistles early on. I know Loyola Twitter wasn't really happy with the referees. I'm not really going to say much about him because in the grand scheme, not to be whatever, it shouldn't have to come down to the referees. And I'm not going to get into it that much. There were a lot of whistles, and Loyola had 25 fouls called. Wisconsin had 16. But all in all, I thought, yes, that is it. I, no, that's just operation behind me here. This is live from my garage in Dwight, Illinois, and we keep our games up here, and I can't quite get the camera angle right. So, no, it's just it should just be regular operation up there. I'm really I'm not sure what all is up here, but it looks like we got Operation Battleship, all of fun board games. So, sorry about the setup. And the sorry game propping up the microphone is a nice touch, I know. But getting back on point here, I thought Loyola did make a little bit of a statement with this game, with how that first half went. I mean, it was... It was a much closer game at halftime than what the final score indicated. And again, the, a big reason Wisconsin was able to pull ahead was because of that 19-3 run to open the second half. I, Loyola tied at 33-33, and they just couldn't, they couldn't keep up with the Badgers. And at halftime, the score was 31-26. Wisconsin was on top, and it was pretty even. I mean, you look at the stats here. Loyola 9 for 24 from the field. Wisconsin 10 for 33. Loyola 4 at 12 from 3, Wisconsin 5 at 10 from 3. That was the difference in the game. Wisconsin was lights out from 3, 55.6% from downtown. And Loyola was 34.6. Thanks, Steve. Appreciate you complimenting the games and my setup here. But again, the three-point shooting needed to be there. And a lot of fouls, obviously, on Loyola. As I said, Wisconsin 17 for 23 from the free throw line. Loyola 12 for 17. And... It's it was a good game all in all. I think I think you have to consider this a good game for Loyola because you you're going up against a Big Ten team and you're not you're it's a high major team. Their competition so far has been Lewis, D two, Chicago State, which has been blowout spreads. If you're into sports betting, they've been a lot of blowout spreads. They haven't covered one as far as I know. And they had UIC, which I thought was a really good game. On Sunday at Credit Union One Arena, the UIC Pavilion, whatever you want to call it. I call it the UIC Pavilion, but it is Credit Union One Arena now. So that's been the competition up to date. So this was a really good test. And the fact that it was a 14-point game, it felt like more. To give you an idea, the spread for this game went from Wisconsin by 12 to Wisconsin by 8, like that. And obviously Wisconsin covered that spread, but it was 14-point deficit. But there were, like I said, positives and there were some negatives. Again, you, you go back to the 19-3 run. That's really what did this team in. It, it kind of had flashbacks to last year's Loyola team. If you think back, you know, the Loyola team that lost Arch Madness because it couldn't make its free throws. The long droughts during games was a big thing with them. They, so they'd go on these spells where they wouldn't score. They'd struggle shooting. 
They'd struggle on D. they give up the big runs, and they play themselves out of the game. You kind of saw that today. And again, you got to consider, this is the number 12 team in the country for a reason. Steve Timble writes in, Skyway Chicago. Steve, what's up? Let's talk about who needs to contribute points for this team to be successful. Yeah, we can definitely get into that. Obviously, the big one's Cameron Crutwig. 19 points tonight. That looked like Cameron Crutwig. I mean, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Cameron Crutwig looked good tonight. Again, 19 points, 5 rebounds, 2 assists, a steal, and 2 blocks for the big fella. And only 2 fouls called. I think Lucas had a good game, obviously 15 points. The ones that needed to step up, the ones I was waiting to step up. Cooper Kafis, your 3-point man. 3 points, 1 of 3 shooting, all from 3. Braden Norris, 6 points, 2 of 9 shooting, 2 of 8 for 3. Keith Clemens, 6 points, 2 of 7 shooting, 1 of 3 from 3. Granted, he's coming back. I want to say he had an ankle injury. Correct me if I'm wrong in the comments there. And Tate Hall, 5 points, 2 of 7 shooting, 1 of 3 from 3 point. He's a guy, he was a force last year, and he needed to be a force today if they had a chance against Wisconsin. And my guy, Kyle Brown. Kyle, you weren't first comment like I said you needed to be. But Kyle Brown at the Loyola Phoenix represent. He commented about another quiet game from Tate. Yeah, five points, two of seven shooting. Wasn't a great game from Tate Hall. They need a great game from Tate Hall against teams like Wisconsin. And I do agree with uh, the last commenter that brought up Lucas's jump shot. Yeah, I thought Lucas found his jump shot today, as you said. Here's the thing about Lucas Williams. Think back to last year. Last year, they didn't have Cooper Kafis. They were struggling from three point. I, I said this on the March to the Arch podcast a couple weeks back, that Lucas, it seemed like, was pressing last year. It felt like at times he was trying to do too much on offense. His defense is there. He's consistent on defense every game. Game in, game out. You can expect Lucas Williamson to play lockdown defense. The offense last year, it felt like he was pressing a little bit too much, and that led to some lapses on the offensive end. But I do agree. He's found his jump shot this year. And putting up 15 points against Wisconsin. Wisconsin's a good team. And that says a lot about his play today. I did like what I saw from Tom Welch. Five points, two or three shooting, one or two from three-point land. Seems like he's kind of coming into his own. The thing with this game, and I said it going in, Wisconsin is a long team. They're a big team. That's why you needed to play pace and space, and the three-pointers needed to fall. And 9-26 from three-point territory isn't going to win you a lot of games against teams like Wisconsin. Loyola is a smaller team. Cameron Crutwig, 6'9". He's the biggest guy on the court. The next biggest guy in the starting lineup is Ahir Ugwak at 6'6". Wisconsin's got two seven-footers. The height differential was a big thing coming into this game, and that's, that's why the pace and space offense and the three-pointers needed to work together. How about Welch and Cam on the floor at the same time? That's from Hit a Putt. Nice Twitter handle, by the way, as someone who can't hit a putt. Um, that's an interesting idea. The thing with that is Porter likes to play small ball. And think think back to the days. My freshman year was Milton Doyle's senior year. Dante Ingram would sometimes be the biggest guy on the court at 6'6". Didn't really have a true big guy. He had Maurice Kirby who would be in for the opening tip. But he wouldn't be able to do a lot otherwise. He'd play maybe three minutes a game and he'd come out the rest of the way. And Andre Jackson would come in and be the quote-unquote big at 6'5". Because he could maneuver down low. Porter likes to play small ball. And I know Welch can hit jumpers. I know that he's a good shooter. He's a good piece in that regard. But with the way Porter's offense is structured, I'm not sure you're going to see Welch and Krutwig 
on the floor together at the same time just because he likes to give Crutwig a break. And when he gives Crutwig that break, he goes small. And that's where Porter's comfortable in the offense. And that's where, again, usually it's based around the perimeter. And the perimeter shooting wasn't all there today. And it, Wisconsin's a good defensive team. You can. I don't want to hear about the whistles. You talk about the referees. I'm not talking about the referees. I'm talking strictly what's on paper. Wisconsin is a good defensive team, and that was on display today as well. Loyola was solid defensively, I thought. Definitely in the first half. Second half, obviously, little different story. Wisconsin went 15 for 24 after the break, after 10 for 33 in the first, 10, first 20 minutes. And uh, then Tate better wake up from hit a putt. I mean, you got a point. I mean, Tate, he's having, he's having a rough patch here. I, I, he's got it. You saw what he could do. You saw it last year. And last year was not an easy year for this team. And Tate showed that he can, he can do it. So, yeah, I, I agree with you, and I think he can. Uh, going back to what I was saying, Loyola's defense was good in the first half, second half not so much because it, it's hard to defend when a team goes 5 of 8 for three-point territory. How often do you play all those games behind you? I haven't played a board game in I don't know how long. We usually play them at family get-togethers, which is usually amounting to Christmas time. So I don't know if we're going to end up playing these or not, but they're there for the taking. Everyone's talking about the games. No one's talking about the Rat Pack and the Beatles and the Blues Brothers board behind me. But I know it's a weird setup, and it's the best I could do under the circumstances. But yeah, 5 of 8 from 3-point territory for Wisconsin. That's There's not much you can do there. And they went 10 for 18 for the game after going 5 of 10 in the first half. So yeah, there's going to be a difference. And like I said, not a bad game for Loyola. And this was, you knew going into it, it was going to be a good test. As soon as I heard, and I actually heard, a, I heard rumblings before the announcement that this was a big game. And it lived up to the billing. And it was a good test for Loyola. I've heard, I know people on the, I do tend to, this is kind of a insight into me here, but I do sometimes troll the Rambler Mania fan boards. And I know they were talking about whether this game could be the Boise State game or the, uh, the it was the Boise State game or the Florida game were the two comparisons I heard. Now, if you, if you remember, that was a 2018 season. Loyola played Boise State and looked, Bad. I mean, it was a bad game. I talked to Porter Moser for an interview for a separate story after that game, and he and I actually talked about that game, and it was it, they were tired. It was a long week. There was a lot of factors in that game. The Florida game was the last big game against a ranked team in the regular season, and I've got to keep saying the regular season because I, I texted Bill Burns, the SID at Loyola. I call him Master Statistician Bill Burns about – when the last time Loyola played two ranked teams in the same week was. And his instant response was the NCAA tournament against Miami and Tennessee. And I'm like, okay, I deserve that. I meant regular season. To give you the answer, it was 1986. And they beat number nine Illinois in that first game. So this week, obviously, they got Richmond coming up on Friday. And someone commented this a little bit ago. And it was a hit a putt one. Asked, do you know if Richmond is big too? I have not done a lot of research into Richmond. I can probably look that up right now. I'm used to acting as my own producer here. So more on that in a little bit. Stay tuned. But I know it's a big game. Number 19 team in the country. Again, I think a statement was made today. I'm not sure if Loyola is going to continue being on Seth Davis at The Athletic. He does his AP ballot on what night does he put that out? Probably Sunday nights, Monday. I don't know when he does it. Loyola's been almost famous, quote-unquote, all year. 
And I am not sure if they're going to be almost famous still. But I think they still deserve some consideration just considering that first half. The second half, it, you're not going to stop a 19-3 run. It's, it's tough when that happens. I know a lot of Loyola fans are like, oh, we got flashbacks to last year. They did this all the time. We're seeing the same team. Apples and oranges here. They didn't do this last year against a top 15 team because they didn't play a top 15 team. They did play Maryland. Was it last year or the year before when they played Maryland and laid an egg? The last time they played a Big Ten team. Last year is, is different. And again, the, the mismatches here was that was the big storyline coming in. That's what I kept saying. Wisconsin's a big team. Looking at Richmond's lineup to answer hit a putt one's question. Uh, they don't have a seven-footer. Wisconsin had two. I'm not sure who starts, who doesn't. But they don't have a seven-footer on the roster. They look pretty similar-ish size to Loyola. So that's something to keep in mind for Friday's game. Now, uh, Steve Timble, Skyway Chicago asks, uh, best and worst takeaway. Well, I mean, the best takeaway has got to be that Crutwig down low against big teams. Like, that. that's good to see. It's good to see he's not just feasting on the Valley. Like, he can do this against the big guys. And he, Yeah, Micah Potter shut him down pretty well. But Micah Potter's one of the better bigs in the game. I mean, for Crutwig to put up 19 points against Wisconsin, that's a good sign. And hopefully he got some more eyes on him because he's kind of a – you hear the name Nikola Jokic thrown around, the center for the Nuggets, whose playing style is similar to Crutwig's. And hopefully this got some more eyes on Cam. Again, 19.5 rebounds against one of the better teams in the Big Ten. Yeah, that's my best takeaway. The worst takeaways, you want me to say the free throw shooting. I'm not going to say the free throw shooting because, they, I mean, it didn't make the scoring difference. It didn't make a difference in the game. The three-point shooting is the takeaway for me. Nine for 26. And your best three-point shooters percentage-wise were Kafis and Clemens at one for three each. I'm sorry, Tom Welch went one for two. Braden Norris, who's transferred from Oakland, three-point specialist, figured he'd be lights out, two for eight. Lucas Williamson, three for seven. Granted, Lucas should not be your go-to three-point guy. That should be Kafis and Norris. But Lucas, three for seven. Tate Hall, one for three. Tate Hall needs to be another guy who can step up from three. Shots just weren't falling tonight. He did have five rebounds and three assists. So he saw the shots weren't falling, and he went another direction with it, which I thought was good. It's good of him to recognize that it just wasn't a, it wasn't his game shooting wise. So three helpers and five boards. That's a decent stat line considering he only had five points. So yeah, Tate Hall, Braden Norris, and Cooper Cafus have to step up from three point territory going forward, especially into Valley play, which begins December 27th. That's coming up quick. Loyola's got Illinois State out of the gate, and then they've got Bradley who's going to be in contention for the top spot in the league. Then they've got Drake, who's going to be in contention for the top spot in the league. They're 6-0 right now. Don't sleep on the Drake Bulldogs this year. And then they've got Northern Iowa the week after. And Northern Iowa, if you missed the news, I brought this up on WLUW this past Sunday. A.J. Green's out for the year. So that's a big hit for Northern Iowa, and they canceled their non-conference schedule. They sent their guys home. So that game could be pivotal. Every game in the Valley is going to be pivotal. And I keep saying every game. I've got to get out of that habit. There are two games a weekend. They're back-to-back. Well, not really back-to-backs. There's Friday and Sunday games at the same site during Valley play this year. So especially Hall, Norris, and Kathis. With the way Porter's offense is set up with the three-point shooting. Three-point shooting is there on paper. You Look on paper. Those three guys especially 
Should be lights out from three. Plus, with Tom Welch shooting threes and getting more confident, that's another piece. Very curious to see how Baylor Hebb develops. He had two points tonight. Both points came on free throws. He hasn't played big minutes yet. But I'm very curious to see how he develops this year because he's a three-point guy too. It's part of the reason Porter recruited him. He's a three-point guy. So he's another name to watch. If those four guys can start lighting up from deep and Lucas Williamson doesn't have to focus on shooting threes that much, this team's going to be really good in Valley play. That's why tonight was such a good test, going up against one of the best of the best. Marquise Kennedy should be better this year, too, from hit a putt. Yes, I mean, I agree with you. Marquise, two points tonight, both on free throws. That's your sixth man of the year. Not a great game from Marquise. Felt like the game was kind of getting away from him at one point. And that happened a little bit last year. He's still young. He's still raw. And with this team, he's coming off the bench. Hopefully he can see off the bench. That was the big thing I saw last year with him. He needed to see the game develop on the bench and jump in. Andre Jackson was the same way. I remember watching Andre when he started, and it wasn't as effective as he was as the sixth man off the bench. So Marquise reminds me a lot of Andre Jackson in that regard. And like I said, two points tonight. He's got, he's got to make buckets. And Wisconsin's defense was good. Again, referees aside, the defense was good. My guy, Reese Johnson, my guy from NBC Sports Chicago. Think they can get one more major non-con opponent before the Valley starts? That's a great question. I'm really not sure what's going to happen scheduling-wise. It's been kind of on the fly. I wouldn't put it past Porter to get a high major opponent. But, I mean, they've got Richmond coming up Friday. We'll see what happens from there. Everything is so up in the air. And next week with the holidays, who knows? Uh, Steve, what will be Big Frank's role this year? That's a great question because Big Frank hasn't played yet. He's coming back from a knee injury. He had surgery from what I understand. So we don't know what Big Frank's role is. But if Loyola can get a good non-conference game, I see DePaul. Okay, if you missed the news yesterday, DePaul went on pause again because of COVID issues. DePaul's not going to have a non-conference game, I don't think, unless Dave Lado can sprinkle him into the Big East schedule. I don't think DePaul's going to play a non-conference game. But... I would love it. Don't get me wrong. I was really looking forward to it before the pandemic hit. It'd be great if Loyola could get DePaul on the schedule and they'd renew that rivalry, but I don't see that happening. I mean, it is 2020. You never know. I didn't expect him to play UIC this year, but here we are. That game was great, by the way. I was looking forward to that one until I found out about this one. This one obviously became the one I was looking forward to the most. But I don't know if they're going to get another high-caliber non-conference opponent, or if Porter's going to give him a holiday break before conference play again. Conference play starts two days after Christmas. December 27th, they've got Illinois State at home. So maybe Porter will give him a break. It's tough to say. Everything, the scheduling this year reminds me of, like, college baseball and even when I played high school baseball. There'd be days in high school we'd get to school at 8.15. We'd find out at 11 o'clock, hey, we're playing a game against TriPoint at 4.15 today. And... Between, like after school, before the game, we had to run home get our uniforms. So scheduling has been very on the fly this year. So I wouldn't put it past Porter to work the phones and maybe find a high-caliber non-conference game. I didn't expect him to call Wisconsin. And that game was, I think it was in the works before the UIC game. But the news came out after the UIC game that they were playing today. The game against UIC was on Sunday. To give you an idea of the timeline here. So I wouldn't put it past Porter to be on the phone right now. Actually, he might be in the post-game press conference right now. After the post-game press conference, would not surprise me in the slightest if he's on the phone calling guys. Maybe call Chris Collins at Northwestern. I mean, Northwestern's in a bit of a weird situation now with the AD change. If you missed the news, Jim Phillips is becoming the ACC commissioner. 
So maybe call Northwestern, get Chris Collins' team on the schedule. You got UIC, you got Chicago State, so you're down to DePaul, Northwestern, maybe call Northern Illinois. I mean, there are options. If he wants to get another non-conference game, again, they do have one more game on Friday against Richmond. And I have not seen a tip-off time for that game yet. I will double-check. I'm on Richmond's site right now. But I have not seen a tip time for that. Let me check while I'm here. Uh, it's still TBD. The game will be played in Indianapolis, though. Be in Indianapolis. Can you get live game broadcast on WLUW? You cannot. Uh, you can find the games on the Loyola Ramblers website. Tonight was the exception, it seemed like. I didn't see a link for the Rambler Sports Network through Learfield IMG. But they should be back on Friday, I'm guessing, uh, for the Richmond game if they're traveling on the road because of COVID concerns. But yeah, the Ramblers MBB Twitter will tweet out a link, usually with a stream. Jeff Hagedor and Chris Sparks do a great job. I love those guys. Sam Levitt does the halftime show, and he does a great job. Definitely check those guys out if you can't watch it on the on the TV. Hit a putt. Thanks for doing this. Go Ramblers. Bye for now. Thanks for the kind words. Appreciate you stopping by. I'm glad this wasn't for nothing. I'm really glad this worked out. I might do more of these even for non-Loyola games. This game just seemed like a good opportunity because it was all over my Twitter feed, more so than usual for Loyola games. But especially tonight, it seemed like a lot of people were talking about this game. Let's not forget Illinois played Minnesota tonight and put on a show. <laughs> uh, Blurred Vision, do this more. I, it, hey, if you guys will watch, I'll do it more. Say the word. I will. I love doing this stuff. I mean, I'm still... I'm looking for a full-time job. Until then, I'm watching college basketball and I'm blogging about it. So, yeah, I'll do this more. And I'll, I've still got my Sunday show on WLUW as well. And Kyle's saying, keep this up. All right, Kyle, just for you, I'll keep this up. So, again, if you're just joining here, uh, final from the Cole Center in Madison, Wisconsin. UW 77, Loyola 63, Wisconsin with the victory. I thought it was a solid showing from Loyola. Uh, again, the second half kind of got away from them to start. But... All in all, some good things to take away. It's not like they lost to it's not like they lost to some random team. It's not like they lost to some D2 team. They lost to the number 12 team in the country, one of the better teams in the Big Ten Conference. And we're all missing the Rambler Nation community. I agree. That's part of the reason I did this. It's weird. I mean, I remember games freshman year. There weren't a lot of people there. I was in the Band of Wolves. There weren't a lot of people at the games. And that was before COVID, obviously. And now with COVID, seeing no fans of games, it's weird just because we're used to seeing the arena so packed. And now there's nobody there except the cardboard cutouts. And, yeah, I, I, I do miss the Rambler Nation community. I was going to try and go to a couple games if I was still in Chicago. So maybe once things open up and once the vaccine comes out, we'll be able to go have a beer at the game. So I agree. I miss the Rambler Nation community too. Let's talk about what's next. I'm going to wrap things up here. We're coming up on minute 26 of the broadcast here again thank you for joining me on this this is a lot of fun and enjoying my setup of my my board games and my sorry game holding up my microphone <laughs> uh reese arch madness yes hopefully arch madness hopefully by then there will be limited fans i'm going to try to go hopefully it's credentialed media hope to see some of you there where i'm working at depends on where the job search takes me in the next month but yes hopefully by arch madness we'll have fans in the stands arch madness is great the last normal quote-unquote sporting event was arch madness it was the craziest arch madness of all time all right, let's get to what's next so I can wrap this up. Game against Richmond. Richmond 4-1, number 19 team in the country. And Andy, my old roommate, Andy McDonald, and they have had those bad D2 losses. Yes, they have. Yes, they have. 
So 4-1 Richmond, number 19 team in the country out of the A-10 coming up on Friday. I want to say they were the A-10 favorite coming into this year. They were supposed to play Northern Iowa. Or no, they were supposed to play. Yeah, they were supposed to play Northern Iowa. That game fell through. Along with this Wisconsin game. So Loyola came in. They're playing Richmond. No tip-off time yet. Keep an eye on the Twitterverse. It'll be all over, I'm sure. But that's going to be another good game. That'll be a little bit better matchup for Loyola. Obviously, again, the height differential tonight was my big hang-up with the Wisconsin Badgers. I mean, they're led by Micah Potter, who's a big guy who can shoot. And he had Nate Reavers, who's a big guy who can shoot. So they had a lot of big pieces, and Loyola's a smaller team. So I knew that was going to be a mismatch coming in, but I thought they put up a decent fight considering that. Which, speaking of Micah Potter, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring this up. I, I knew this before the broadcast said it. So Elvin Grinsman on the Loyola volleyball team, Micah Potter is her fiancé. They're getting married in six months. So congratulations to Ella Micah, first of all. And that's just a fun storyline as part of this game. Elle actually has a cutout at the Kohl's Center. So that's really cool. So there was a Loyola student in the stands. But Richmond's a better matchup, I think. And again, I don't even I don't think that game's even set for a TV channel yet. I don't know what time. It's just gonna be Friday at some point, December 18th. Be tuned into Twitter for more information. Again, final score tonight, Wisconsin Badgers 77, Loyola Chicago Ramblers 63. Unless we have any final thoughts, I'm gonna go ahead and wrap this up. So thank you all again for stopping in. This will be archived on my Twitter page. And I'm posting it as a podcast on the WLUW Sunday Sports Shootout Podcast. That's my weekly radio show on WLUW-FM 88.7, Loyola Student Radio Station. If I don't talk to you after Friday's game, tune in Sunday at 11. We will talk all about this. So thank you, everybody, for watching, and I will see you when I see you, I guess. Take it easy.